Jaguaros. I feel like I just did a stretch. Like I, I'm flexing, ready to to work out and and you just take good. on this uh, muscle of a podcast. Welcome to this show. We got uh, muscular Dan here, and we've got a uh, gluteus Joey over here. <laughs> I've got I've got my my one neon weight next to my desk hey! that, I, that I I do I do curls with. When I'm saying that's cool. Good for you, man. I, I want to be that person. I'm going to be. That's my uh, resolution this year. We're, we're in uh, June, so that's all right. We could. Uh, I hope this is June when this comes out. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I think it might so. still be May at this point. <laughs> no. Four weeks from now? Maybe it is. This yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess it is. I, this I, math con- is getting edited out. My, so. my, my concept of time is, is, is not great anymore. Get I, it I, out of your day, system. Every day I wake up now, I'm like, I'm terrified that it's like a work week day. Like, do you have that same feeling? Like you wake up and you're just like, oh, I got to get up and go to work. And then, and then like today it happened today. And I'm like, oh wait, no, it's Saturday. Yeah. Dan, life is literally the worst. It kind (laughs) of is. Um, It's just this perpetual thing. I can't wait till we get successful enough. When we like could even like have a Patreon and we can live off of this podcast. I'm going to start a Patreon. Maybe we should. Are you really? Yeah, why not? Well, well, you should. I, you do creative endeavors. I should. I, I, yeah, I, I've thought about like what could be good for either the future of Longus in town or for something else that's maybe a little bit more interactive or a little bit different in a way because I feel like I'm not a good self-promoter as much as I should be. So It's hard. Yeah, I, it's because it's a fine line. Like It's a fine line between like what's too much, what's too little, what's just right, and like what's oh, the yeah. way to approach it and like how to approach it in, in a way where you feel like you're not like forcing it on everyone. You know what I mean? I feel like, like I'm, I'm so- annoying in every aspect of myself except promotion. Really? Interesting. <laughs> if I could apply my uh, promotion aspects to everything else in my life, I'd probably be a more well-rounded person because yeah. I know when to hold back with promotion. Be like, all right, easy there. Don't, don't shove this. To- if they want it, they'll, they'll find it. You know? So you're saying that you know when to hold them and when to fold them basically. Yes. Only in uh, poker and promotion. Okay. That's fair. Well, yeah, I, I feel like I'm kind of the opposite. I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm so bad with promotion where I'm just like, I, I'll like put it out there and I'm just like, eh, it's there. Yeah. Check it out. If not, it's cool. Like, I'm No, not... and we do things that require actual promotion yeah. if you want to succeed at them. Yeah. And yeah, I just have not figured it out. Yeah. It, it's all, it's all alg- algorithms and, uh, and what the kids are into these days. It used their, to be their like, TikToks and their... you'd find the blogs, you'd, you'd, yeah. you'd get in touch with the blogs, the, the blogs would help you out. I used to run a blog, a music blog in my day. Did you? Yeah, for about what? like, about a decade. What was it called? It was called Fuck Yeah, Go Team. Really? I had yes. no idea. Yeah, me and my friend Matthew Giordano ran it together. Just about any kind of music, basically? Whatever we liked, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was basically like my label as a, a blog. Oh, that's just cool. Like, hey, I like this song. Check it out, and it'd just be like old music, new music, whatever. Are we, we talking talk- like Angel Fire era or Geocities no, era? No. Are we talking we about a- Blogspot? Thank you. There it is, Blogspot. We were we were a dot Blogspot. It still exists out there. Um, I remember our biggest claim to fame would be, well, uh, we posted about the band Parquet Courts before anyone else. I remember we were on. Uh, mm-hmm. That was actually not me, but that was my buddy Matt. He did it, and. Uh, we got thanked in the first, uh, you know, the band Health? Yes. Yeah, yeah. They did their first remix album, and they thanked all the blogs that supported them, and we oh. were on it. That was cool. So, That's cool. Shout out to Health, our, my, our old friends. <laughs> shout out to Health in general, just being healthy. As well. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> me, me neither, but I just want to give a shout out to it. As I take some one more sip of my soda. Yeah. Uh, shout out to people that can be healthy <laughs> i respect them i'm gonna yeah. be that though i'm gonna become that this time next year i'm gonna do it it start. it starts with having a, a five pound weight next to your desk that may or may not i guess be so on. i had to do like a, a physical uh, at work they're just like hey because of the story i told you before we got on the air i'm not gonna bore everyone with it mm-hmm. but there someone was out of work and they're like hey can you help out with this and it was a more physical aspect of the job than i'm used to boxes and, and whatnot and it sucked, but like doing stuff felt good. Yeah, I don't do stuff enough anymore. Yeah, you feel like you just kind of sit at a desk and. Well, even with pandemic, yeah. I used to like living in the city. I used to walk everywhere to yeah. like shows, everything. I, I loved it. You know, it's, it was a great way to take in the city and get right. some exercise. And I, I just don't walk anywhere. I've gotten so fat since this pandemic. It's brutal. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I go for walks every day. I still try to do that. So I've you got a good walking neighborhood where you are. Yeah, it's easy to do. That's true. I, I feel like that is kind of the allure of, of of living in a city, though. It's like the idea that like there is that convenience and that immediacy where like you could go for a it walk. Just but, like, there's sucked. stuff there. Yeah. Totally, but it just kind of sucked because a everything not everything was open at the time, and right. now, you know just with having to wear a mask all the time. But now being vaccinated, it's not as much of a worry. Right. I've been getting in some more walks, so it's good. That's the start, man. You start with that, then you get the five pound weight, and then before you know it, you'll be uh, going to Planet Fitness every day and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rocking Van Weezer, right? Yeah, man. That's you what. Like that's that's what, you like that segue, dude? I love that segue. I, I've been waiting for a, a way to to work that in, and you did it so seamlessly. This album is so old at this point, but as of this recording, brand new, mm-hmm. long awaited because it was put off. Uh, actually, I actually have tickets to the the Green Day Weezer tour that was. Been did you really? Yeah, because Brooke's favorite band is Green Day. So okay, that makes our, sense. Our worlds had finally collided. Yes. So it had to be done. But yeah, they put off Van Weezer. They gave us OK Human. Yes. Got the name of that. You're going to say OK Computer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or just something. But which was OK. Yeah. It was listenable. But I don't crave it. As with any Weezer now, there's just always like, you'll be into the song and then he'll drop some lyric that just is so cringeworthy. Yeah. And it's, the whole thing. That's why I can't do it anymore. That, it's, it's, it's that very reason. It's like, yeah, like some of the music, you're like, OK, some of the music is not completely terrible but then yeah. he starts spouting off some lines and you're like and there's always how? something there's yeah, always like, something. like what are you doing yeah it's just he's trying to relate to people in a weird way i mean in a way you look back at it and it's like he was always doing these references it's just it doesn't appeal to us like it used to i don't know right. it, it, he was better at it and it made more sense in the context when he's like 22 23 you're like okay that's cool but then now that he's like you know, 50. Old man. Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's it just, it, you're talking about going to Best Buy and stuff like that. And, you know, whatever he's talking about, going to the mall and stuff like that. It's just like, oh, no, totally. Know. Yeah. Like, it just seems lazy to me at this point. And guess what? That's still on this album. Yeah. But it's okay. It was listenable. I like the song that was in the in Bill and Ted 3 a lot. That was a good one. Which, which title was that? I don't remember. Is it End of the Game? Maybe. Because that song I do like, actually. That one's, there's, as, as, there's some good ones on it. Yeah. They're okay. I mean, the, some of the riffs are really cool. And I mean, mm. just by what they're going for with it, with the whole like Van Halen thing, like it forces them to be like a rock band, which is right. always good. Which I appreciate. I appreciate that they're not trying to do like the Imagine Dragons, like rip off kind of like anthem kind of stuff like of, of today that they're trying to cop that style for some reason. I don't. Like, I, you, I saw an Imagine Dragons video, music video recently. It was it had like two of the people from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and it didn't seem real. And I didn't know who it was because I, I I don't really know that kind of music these days. I'm sorry to say, don't. No, I, I know. <laughs> There's very few popular music that I keep up with. So, you know, some of that can get me, but it's rare. Yeah. And yeah, it was just it was an insane song and video and experience. <laughs> I got no beef with them. Hey, do your, you know, cash out, do your thing. I'm sure they're perfectly nice people, but. Uh, <laughs> Each his own. I'm going to imagine something else. How about that? I got a wider imagination than just dragons. Yeah. I try to imagine all sorts of things. I'm not really into that type of fantasy. I mean, it's, it's the lowest on my list. Yeah. You have other I'm fantasies. Not ag- I'm not against it, but you know, yeah, I have other fantasies about fantasy. That makes sense. Like, you like dragons, Dan? Sure. Okay. Maybe a little puff the magic dragon. <laughs> yeah man yeah man i had that on vhs when i was a kid i used to watch it all the time that's cool yeah i probably still have it somewhere actually i like never get rid of anything so i'm, I'm sure i probably have it in a you'll box. be you'll be puffing that dragon again soon huh i'll have to go look for it first and then and then i can cool man do it on 420 bro yeah next year it's a little late just missed it <laughs> we could well that'll be our 420 episode <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll watch the, and discuss that that movie and it's noir themes yes they're there as 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 you know it definitely has um yeah that's where i'm at cool so that's what i think about the new weezer album it's okay. it's puff the magic dragon basically yeah in in album form yeah it's fine um i don't know they're getting better i mean i feel like yeah. they're better than where we were at for a while but I'll still listen to it. I mean, it's only like a half hour. So like, yeah, I still want to listen to it. And I'm curious to see it live. I think it, it could be fun. Yeah. You're hearing some good riffs for once. I, 
I'm into that. I, I'm still, I, even before this podcast, I, I was doing some reading. And then before that, I was listening to the new Dinosaur Jr. still because I haven't finished it. And uh, I like a couple songs on it, but like, I just, I don't know. It's fine. It's just like, I think just it's it's tough anymore for me. It's just like- any- Do any of these bands that come out with new albums? I mean, why don't they just make like seven inches or digital singles or, you know, like give us your two best. Yeah. That, They're really padding this this stuff. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean- I don't even know if they want to be doing it anymore. That'd be a good interview question. Like, they should interview like Rivers. Be like, what do you do? You still want to do this? Like, I, I bet you're a musician, Dan. I'm interviewing you. Do you do you still want to do this? I question it every day of my life. <laughs> so, uh, if I'm questioning it, I can only assume that they're questioning it too. So we're looking forward to that Patreon, Dan. Yes, this will all be part of my de- my depressing Patreon. <laughs> yeah, we're just like, uh, why my... am I doing this? Thank you for your money and contributions. Yes. I'm a musician. I'm here and I have a Patreon. Why am I doing this? Why am I here? Why are you here? I, yes. even, even with our listeners on this, why, why are they here? Yes. They're here because they want to hear good content about film noir. Should we give it to them then, Dan? I think so. I think we have a good one today. I, I hope. All right. I hope All right. so. Let's get into it. Now, Pitfall was released April 20th, 1982 for the Atari 2600 and was designed by David Crane. 420? <laughs> yeah. And it was a it was a big it was from Activision. Yes, and uh, that's all the facts I have about Pitfall. I want to do a fake out. You like that? I like that. No, it was, good. <laughs> it, was good. it was a good start. You like Pitfall the game? I do. I haven't played it in a, in a very long time. I think I played it. My one of my friends growing up had Atari. Had the original Atari. He used to play at his house. Um, yeah, I, I got one at like a tag sale or like a flea market at one point. It came into the house and yeah. Pitfall's fun. Yeah, it's, a, it's just a good basic design. Yeah, I think no, it could I, still work today. I remember when I was a kid, there was like a there was a, like a sequel for Genesis and Super Nintendo, and it was okay. Mm-hmm. No, I I dig it. I dig uh, Atari. I'm a fan. Shout out to Atari. Yeah, old video game systems. There was a comic in the '80s called Atari Force that was uh, Atari licensed it to DC, and it was like about their superhero team. But it oh. was like drawn by a really good artist, so it's actually worth seeking out. Jose Garcia Lopez. That's cool. Check it out. Like the, pa- like a Pac-Man comic? <laughs> yeah, basically. But, but better. Like, it's, like, legit better. good. It just yeah. it shouldn't be, but it is. There's, like, weird stuff like that. Like, uh, ROM was a comic from Marvel in the 70s and 80s that was, like, licensed from a toy that, like, had no backstory. And it just became this amazing comic. And now all the rights are, like, tied up and you can't even read it. Oh, man. If only I had every issue right next to me. I'm looking at it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's fresh in your mind. I got it before all this. Like I, I, everyone's doing podcasts now, Dan, as you can see between you and, and your and me. So people are like talking about this stuff, and and everyone has like pandemic money, and everything's raised in price and hard to find. So I, there's so much stuff I have to be glad I I got. Do you have anything like that, movie wise or music wise? Have you felt this, or is life business as usual for you in the collecting world? I get that. Yeah, I, I see. I see that. But yeah, I haven't really. I don't think much has really changed. Toys. Are you you you. Still collecting toys, right? Not as much as I used to. I, I was really into it for most of my life, but recently I haven't. Like, I mean, okay. one of the things I collect- I feel like most, that's when you would have seen it because that's what's probably going up and you're just yeah. not around for it. Okay. I checked a little bit recently on eBay because I was looking at, because I'm always looking to find Dune movie memorabilia because that's like one of my passions. But uh, I did notice that some of the prices went up on those considerably because it had been like a little a little bit of a while. There's a couple things I'm missing, including the Plus actual the, sandworm. The new movies coming out. So I'm that's, sure that's true too. too. Well, hopefully they'll make active figures for that movie too. That would be cool. Would you get them? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's anything Dune you're in on? Oh, hundred percent. Especially like it's movie related. Yes, absolutely. All right, I'm ready for that movie. I, I know some people are a little bit like hesitant, but I'm, I'm all in. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I'm hesitant. I'm those people. Yeah, but I'm uh, cautiously optimistic. Well, they could. If only they had Jodorowsky's Dune for real. Instead, if he was directing it, I feel like you'd probably feel differently about it. I'd love for them to just like animate that. Yeah, it would be. You can awesome. get it in, in Mobius's style and everything, and and just based off of everything that has been done so far, especially while he's still alive. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, and his his stuff's kind of gotten like, I don't want to say like a second life, but like it's it's gotten a lot more. Wow, he's 92. Wow, still making movies too. Have you seen any of his newer movies? No, I haven't. But I, I see. I was gonna say that they that they've been getting a lot of reissues recently. Like, on yeah, they just like did that. like a set of uh, with like Holy Mountain and El Topo and and Santa Sangre. I think he's like on 4K yeah. now or something like that. Right. 
But Holy just, Mountain on 4K, ooh, that's an experience. I've actually never seen, the only thing I've seen of his, te- technically that's his, is the Joe Doraski's Dune documentary, which I saw in the theater, which was awesome to see in a theater. Did you um, like the way he spoke and what he was saying? I did. I, I, I find his movies fascinating, but like, as much as I love cinema in general, I don't know how I would feel watching movies from what I know about them. They just seem so unreal to me, like in a way where I'm like, I don't know how I would feel about it. Like actually watching. Beautiful films. I think, I think you'd really like it. Okay. I mean, Holy Mountain was what I started with and I think is a good infiltration point, but Uh even his newer movies, which are more autobiographical and he's like telling his own life story. Son is playing him and his grandson is playing him as a kid, I think. And Hmm. it's really, it's really fascinating and just really beautifully done and uh, existential and, Okay. Yeah, I can't recommend those enough. I, I'm a big Yodorowsky fan, and he's, he's done some great comic works as well. The Incal. Yeah, good stuff. All right. I'm going to have to uh, – yeah, I kept seeing this, the Santa Sangre. That one, I don't know if – I, I haven't seen that one. I haven't really it, – it didn't necessarily appeal to me, but I, I'm sure it's interesting. I saw somebody posted – I think it was, I guess, whoever – I forget which come down. I don't know if it was, like, Vinegar Syndrome or one of those was, was releasing it, and they just showed, like, a quick, like – difference in the transfers between like the old transfer and like the, the restoration the restoration looked amazing yeah because so. there was some blues of these for a while but it, yeah. they really did some work with it it wasn't vinegar syndrome but it's definitely someone of that ilk yeah it's one of those one of those companies did it oh it's severin that's that's it yeah severin there we go yeah which i actually did get a severin movie recently that i i actually really loved called the devil's reign mm-hmm. um which is a fascinating movie with it's william shatner Ernest Borgnine, John Travolta's first role, Tom Skerritt's in it. It's from 1975. It's about like a satanic cult. And uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. And some of the coolest makeup in a movie I've ever seen. Like the makeup and like the effects are really cool. Like it's just a very fascinating movie. I got that on Blu-ray recently. Because I I saw it streaming and I watched it like on a whim. Because I'd heard of it, but I'd never seen it. And I was just like, oh, let me just watch this. And I I really got into it. So Check it out. It sounds great. That lineup alone, it, it, it requires viewing. Exactly. It's uh, it's uh, on Amazon Prime uh, for free, I believe, still. Huh. Uh, yeah, Even so better. That, that's how I think I just came across it. I was like, oh, it's on Prime. Okay, I'll check it out. And I'm yeah. going to forget about it until I uh, listen to this episode when I'm editing it, and then yeah. I'll be like, oh, yeah, and I'll add it to my Prime. So, yeah. see you in four weeks. This movie came out from one of our, our favorite releasers, Kino Lorber. Yes. And, yeah, Pitfall. We got Dick Powell. We got Elizabeth Scott, her, our second time with her. Can she redeem herself from Too Late for Tears, which I famously did not care for let's find out i'm ready we also got raymond burr and jane wyatt Mm -hmm. and we're directed by andre de yep this film was produced by regal films which was their first and it was very fun to see that little crown in the beginning uh with that and distributed by united artists released august 24th 1948 based on the novel the pitfall by jay drawler who uh was a writer on laura Mm -hmm. so we got a lot of old friends here great cast i think it was a great cast um, i think I for, b- before before we get into it i just want to know in general this i didn't is the, I, this, I didn't know how you wanted me to reveal this throughout the episode or are we getting right out to it i think at least on a basic level did elizabeth scott redeem herself at all in your eyes redeem isn't necessarily the word i would use okay i mean i guess i just did earlier but <laughs> yeah I liked her more in this. I, okay, that's, I, I that's, think her, there was more to her character that I could latch on to. I would absolutely. agree. I'd still like to see more. Okay. Well, and, I can help you out with that. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, there's plenty plenty <laughs> yes. to do. But yeah, I will say, so this was a, a UCLA restoration. Mm-hmm. Picture looks great. Mm-hmm. But boy, that sound on this was garbage. The sound was a little bit weird. Did, did you watch the Blu-ray? Did you, you got the Blu-ray, right? Yes, sir. Okay, great. Yeah, that's what I have too. Yeah, the sound was a little bit off at times. Um, I, I'm listening to it on my, my, you know, I'm an audiophile. I got a good system. And yeah. uh, it, it's just a lot of crackle in it. A lot of it just seemed like I'm not a big, you know, I'm just a, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm not a big city lawyer. I'm just a man. You know, I don't know much about that kind of thing, but it just seemed like so much of that was unnecessary. It easily could have been fixed. Um, yeah. I, I was very shocked by the audio on this. It was not good. And no subtitles on this one either no subtitles which i almost would i thought of i was like this is bad audio i might need to go subtitles i ultimately didn't but it turns out i couldn't have if i wanted to so right a little lazy in that regard especially there's no trailer and i think i did see online that there was a trailer we'll find out in last week's episode if there if we cut to a trailer or not when we announce it but well this film got kind of like lost in the shuffle 
Uh, yeah. This is this is one that like didn't that it kind of disappeared for a while to an extent. So I feel like that could have something to do with it. Um, it was an independent film that yes. got picked up by United Artists. I feel like it just kind of yeah, got... Yeah, I don't know much about Regal. There was no like Wikipedia page li- linking to them. So uh, Very small, you know, yeah, independent. Yeah, which makes uh, sense with, yeah. the, with what we're dealing with. But yeah, I mean, other than that, it, it's a really cool looking movie. And I did like it. I, didn't, I, I don't know if I loved it, but I liked it. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, I enjoyed I, I think, myself. I like this more than Too Late for Tears, I think. Yes. And I think partly because I saw this one first. I saw this one before I saw Too Late for Tears. I'd seen this a couple times before I'd seen Too Late for Tears. Well, I saw Too Late for Tears after, or before, yeah, before rather. And, yeah. uh, and I like this one more. So there you cool. go. Now we know for sure <laughs> that this is a better film. I don't know why it was called Pitfall. It's a cool title. Yeah, almost, I love the title. Almost could have switched the titles, you know? This one yeah. could have been Too Late for Tears. But, you know, it's just, it's noir where they're just like, eh, whatever you can do. Or it could have been Pitfall or The Pitfall, like the book. Like the book, yeah. But I, I thought it was really well-directed and well-shot. Well, I think, the, I think the Pitfall is ultimately like Dick Powell's character kind of starting out in the film as like this kind of straight-laced you know, guy. That's so kind of miserable, miserable. His life. He's, he's going into, you know, he's just an insurance man. We got another insurance noir. Add that to our uh, letter boxed of insurance noirs. Yep. Well, I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, it, there are there are small traces of like similarity with this and Double Indemnity. Oh yes, um, and actually, in fact, Dick Powell was up for the role in Double Indemnity. He had been a, a good guy, a actor, a nice guy in like romantic roles before yep. that, and he got aged out of it basically, and he wanted to reinvent himself, and he was up for that, but he he lost out to Fred McMurray, who also was trying to change his image as well. So it was ironic. And he saw how he succeeded with that. And so he was like, I got to do stuff like this. So it makes sense that he ended up here. Yeah. And, he, and he's great in Mur- Murder My Sweet too, which I hope we get to at some point. He's fantastic in that movie. Oh, we're absolutely going to get yeah. to that. And he was the first to portray Philip Marlowe on screen actually in that. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, fascinating guy. I did like, I liked him in this is our first Dick Powell movie and I'm sure not our last. Yeah. He's really good in this. He plays Johnny Forbes or John Forbes, if you will. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just a regular guy, insurance salesman. I don't, well, I don't know if he's a salesman, but he works for the company. Yeah, he's probably not a salesman, but he has a company car, so he's doing pretty well there. Yeah, I think he does he something like in the claims. He's like a secretary, so he's yeah, he's like an office guy, but he you know he comes out every now and then and gets his hands dirty. Yeah, goes to collect, as we'll see. And we also learned that he's a veteran. He's a war veteran. So yeah, but none of that seemed to. They kept hyping it like, "Oh, Daddy used to be a boxer too," and it really seemed like that was going to play into something. But I think it just explained why he was able to throw a punch. You know. Well, I I think to me, I I I put in context of when it came out. So it came out in 1948. So it's 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 basically three years after the war that this came out. So like a lot of films of that era were kind of in this post-war malaise, uh, and some of the country were feeling it, like especially like where people fit, especially former GIs fit coming back. So I think they, there's like that, a little bit of that undercurrent, whether it's not, it's not really talked about. Well, was but, it that he came back or wasn't he like discharged? Cause they, like he's saying like, oh, I, I just did this. He was very like boring thing. And he was like, don't brag about it to your friends with his kid. Cause he was in Colorado. Cause he was, I guess he felt right, like a, he never, a sense of yeah. guilt that he, he wasn't stationed somewhere else. He was right. stationed, you know, a couple States away. He's, he's a nobody, this guy. He's, yeah. he's a middle-class schlub, uh, even though he has a beautiful wife. Mm-hmm. but man when they cut to his little nerd kid just gulping up his drink and smiling the first shot of that oh that was hilarious <laughs> yeah the, kid, um, the kid's kind of funny throughout this kid this, is funny yeah yeah no i i know you know usually kids they can be tough especially when you give them that much material but I, he was he was good and he's a comic fan so you got you got to appreciate that that scene was heartbreaking dan i was gonna say i thought i was thinking of you ah, like it because i was like, like Burn these comics. And you got, uh, I saw Flash. If you want to be technical, I, when I did some research, it said it was Flash 77 yep. from 1946. I saw an Archie in there. It was just, it was a, a healthy stack. Heartbreaking for you. It's so heartbreaking. Yeah. And you just think of how often that happened. And that's why all this stuff's so expensive because all these moms just burned them. So you know the what? Fire. She deserved to be cheated on, Dan. You're right. <laughs> I'm right I, there that with was you. not the takeaway that I'm I, I was... right there with you before I felt so bad for her but you know what you're right she she wanted to burn the comics she's got to go she she deserved a bullet practically you're right Dan I agree with you that was not the point I could I not have said make. it better myself Dan <laughs> Dick Powell he uh yeah so he didn't like his life he's he's so he, he's great like uh, visually he's just so bored yeah, yeah I, I really liked his, his body language his body yeah. language performance yeah he was yeah. he was really good so 
he goes to work the Olympic Mutual Insurance Company in downtown Los Angeles. He he's having a real bad day, and he uh, has a private investigator come into his office, Mac or JB McDonald, who's played by Raymond Burr in a way too big jacket. For I mean, he, he's pretty hulking in this movie. Like, he's so hulking. Yeah. That's why it's so weird that they gave him that jacket with like fake shoulders and like yeah. too big on the on the sleeve. It was it was too much. But to make he, him look even bigger, I guess. I guess he's great in it, though. I, I like. Oh yeah, he's he might be my favorite character in the movie. Like he's yeah. just so, like just such like a creepy dude in this yep, movie. He, he says there's an embezzler. They've been working together on an embezzler. He's now arrested. Yeah, he's in jail. Yep. He's in jail for like a year. Mm-hmm. His name is Bill Smiley, who's played by Byron Barr. And he's good in this too. I liked him. We didn't yeah. get a lot of him, but he, he made the most of his character. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's serving time. And he's actually even eligible for parole for, in two months. And he had given his fiance, right? Wasn't that an engagement ring? Yes. That was, he gave him a bunch of gifts and one of them was an engagement yes, ring. Yes. Several expensive gifts. Including a boat. Yes. Uh, one of my notes was Elizabeth loves boats. Because another boat movie with her. That's true. You think that's in our contract? Like, I'll do it, but we got to get out on the water. We need this dang boat. I don't know, but those, those scenes are kind of funny. Those, I love the, those scenes. Yeah. She, everyone looked like they're having a blast. And yeah, she loved her boat. It was named The Tempest. Yep. And she's a model. Mm-hmm. Mona Stevens. They flipped through some... He seemed like he liked the modeling pictures more than he liked her. Interesting. He would be looking at the pictures and it's like, she's right there. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that was just trying to convey like that he was like starting to like see why Mac was so interested in her. Cause like when, when Mac is kind of saying like, oh, like I'm really interested. Put in, in the good word in, for put me. Put in the good word, word, yeah. word for me. I bet you never thought of me as a man who could fall in love. You'd be surprised how little time I have to think about you at all, Mac. And this Mona Stevens, she's quite a girl. We're liable for around $10,000 for what he stole. I want as much of it back as possible. Of course. If you want me to, I'll have another talk with her again today. I intended to anyway. Your part of the job is finished, Mac. The company will handle it from here. What's the matter with me handling it? You'd string it along just to see the girl again. What business is that of yours? If you want any more business from this company, just stick to your detective agency. I did all right. I found her, didn't I? Yeah, that's all you're paid to do. I'll handle it from here. You, uh... Don't mind if I see her on my own time, do you? Not at all. When you see her, put in a word for me, huh? Sure, Mac. I'll set up the whole thing for you. Thanks. And he's very just dismissive. He's like, oh, and I, she's I'll... instantly like, oh, that guy sucks. Like, yeah, don't, yeah. don't. No words gonna happen here. But he's also so dismissive because he's so in that like malaise that he's just like, oh, whatever. Like, who cares? Like, how how beautiful could she be? And then he sees her. And he starts looking through the pictures. He's like. Oh wow! Like I kind of get what he's saying, you know. Like I think in, a, in a, like a, a maybe I, yeah, I mean they're very beautiful pictures. Yeah, uh, and she, you know, she's always been a model, so she knows what she's doing. Elizabeth Scott. That's how she started. Yeah, but yeah, she kind of like calls him out. She's like, "I, right, you have no heart. You're just taking this stuff from me." Any nice guy would at least feel bad about it. So he offers to buy her a drink, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a day drink, it, a day drink. Yes, and then they go off on the boat as well, and he's he's falling for her. Mm-hmm. so he stays on the case as a result he wants to keep working it and tells mac you know hey why don't you buzz off she doesn't like you and he's like i'm gonna do my thing yeah mac, mac keeps stalking all of them he keeps stalking her keeps stalking him stalking is exactly the word for it yeah he's he's creepy <laughs> yeah yeah that's i think that's what i like about him he's just so seedy and creepy and just and like and the movie is kind of played out based on it like Ultimately, like his whole scheme in this, it, it, you know, most of the action of the movie is kind of stemming from him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, everyone would have been fine. I mean, yeah. Because how everything plays out, like it's, it, we'll get to it. So he says, you know, get back. You got to give back some of these gifts. It'll speed up the parole. But yeah, they start to become attracted to each other. They kiss, and you know, she's saying, you know, I, I'd rather I want. I like. I'm trying to get away from that classic guy, and I like this guy. Mm-hmm. She has no idea he's married. He has a ring, but it's on his pinky, so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that means. Does that mean you're open for business? For what? But she had no suspicions. I don't know that that, that uh, she he was married at all. Um, and Mac, he's been following them and, uh, as you're saying, stalking. I mean, he is a private detective and former police officer. Yeah, so, like, so he has no, connections. He yeah. knows what he's doing. You know, he's no Jim Rockford, but he's all right. 
Sorry, I was watching Rockford Files before we did this episode. <laughs> it was a good one, too. <laughs> They're all good ones. What a great show. After, uh, and they show, too, like that um, that Forbes is coming back late to his wife in, in their separate beds. That's a little suspicious, too. But one time he's coming back late with the company car, and he gets accosted by Mac, who gives him a, a beaten up. I remember the first time I saw this movie, that, that scene, like, really, like, I don't know, just something about that scene really got me. I really liked it because he like get they get up in each other's faces and then he just you know, he's it's like great. walking up he's walking up behind him at first. And just, I don't know, I just I really like that scene. I wish the violence was a little better, but it, it, it is what fine. it is. It's the yeah. era, but you know, we've been spoiled with some really good ones. Yeah. So there's a little bit of like the socks or like people getting punched and going stiff and Yeah. It, it didn't ruin it for me, but you know, I, I just was hoping it'd be a little more a little more violent. But it's okay. And, and very okay. suspect that, you know, you learn afterwards that through the kid that he was a, a college boxer. He's like, you think right. he would hold up a little bit better. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Granted, granted, you know, Raymond Burr is pretty large, but still it's like, you feel he like might, he would. You yeah. might want to be ready for a guy like that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he, and he did kind of get sucker punched and stuff, but he, he gets beat up pretty good. And he calls in sick to work. Mm-hmm. Mona hasn't heard from him in a little bit. So she also is calling into work and finds out yeah he's sick so she's like i'm gonna bring him over some soup because we're starting a relationship that's just a nice thing to do 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 she heads on over and sees that oh this guy is actually married has a kid has a kid he's kind of a dick he should have he's dick powell (laughs) he's dick powell so you know what it's all there are you looking for someone thank you yes but i think i'm on the wrong street So she she decides to back off. She lets him know that uh, I don't like what you're doing. I'm tapping out. I'm not going to cause any trouble for you, but we made a mistake. That's that. Yeah. There you go. Movie's over. Credits roll, right? No. Nope. If only. If only. <laughs> if only there was no Mac because he really likes this girl. He, he likes her a lot. Things seem to be going well, though. Forbes, you know, he's he's actually a lot happier around the house with his wife and his kid. He kind of yeah. has like a like awakens a little bit. Like he, he like got he, he got something yeah. out of his system. He got scared. And he's like, you know what? I appreciate my life. Whoops. Yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and like this weird kid of mine and this wife of mine who uh, is an awful woman who burns comics. <laughs> <laughs> Not that he did any better himself. You know, he could have stopped it. But yeah. he, he was, ah, oh, must be these comics from the, the bad dreams they were having. He does this whole, take a picture of your dreams or whatever. What do yeah, you that, think of that, Dan? That little, little nice soliloquy that he had, yeah. Wikipedia has a whole, like, dedicated section to just that. How odd is that? I did see that. Yeah, somebody who, did, was, who did that? No one. Ah, oh, there it is. Well, I, you know what, if they're the same person, because clearly they love this movie, who gave the rundown in Wikipedia, because I was afraid this was going to be a, a little tiny one, but they did a good job, so thank you. Shout out out there. I'm sure I could check to see who did the edit and the username, but yeah, who, who cares that much? It's Wikipedia. Somebody that really likes Pitfall. Yes. But who doesn't love Pitfall? That's that game I'm is saying. so fun, man. It was, yeah, it, it was. You got to watch out for those holes and those alligators and snakes and quicksand. Fun game, fun movie. It'd be fun, though, if they made a movie adaption of the game Pitfall. Is that why you didn't like as much as you were expecting a game, like, like in the Super Mario Brothers movie vein? Like with this movie, you thought it was an adaptation somehow, you know, 40 years before. <laughs> this, it, this is the adaptation and it's just so off. Yeah, like it yeah. is like Super Mario Brothers. I'd be yeah. willing to accept that. It's a prequel. This is why he goes off on the journey. Yes, exactly. he, he lives. He's, he's alive at the end of it. That's so true. He, he, he And with a new lease on life, he absolutely could uh, go into the adventuring business. But One can only hope. I hope so too. So yeah, Mac is still stalking Mona, like hardcore, like she's modeling, he shows up there. I like that because yeah, because she does the modeling at the department store and uh, yeah, he's like sitting there, he's like, oh, let me see that dress and blah, 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 have her come over here and she's just like, no, get away from me. And she's like, I'm going to call the cops. Yeah. And Mac is like, well, I know something that might stop that from happening. Seems like you had yourself a little affair, didn't you? So Mona, she calls Forbes to tell him like, hey, the deal is still the same, but that guy he's trouble. Mm-hmm. And so we got to do something about that. Forbes then goes to Mac's apartment. We get a little bit more. You see, you see that old boxer. Yeah. Then, then he starts <laughs> coming out a little bit. Yeah. He gets them and roughs, uh, him, roughs him up pretty good. 
Raps him up pretty good. And he says, "I'll kill you if you ever come to me and and and, Nona my, family. and my family. Yeah. It's it's all over for you." And Mac then in turn goes to prison to visit Smiley. Mm-hmm. And Smiley's so great. He's like, "Who are you?" He's angry about it. But he's like, "What are you doing here? Why? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, like these all these sure, random those names, are people yeah. I know, but what are you doing?" Yeah, he's like, "Who's this Forbes guy? What are you talking yeah. about?" It was great. Why should you bother? What's this mean to you? It doesn't mean a thing to me. I just don't like to see a guy get a bad deal. Who's getting a bad deal? Look, I was the insurance investigator. I met your girl. I know all about Forbes. What are you talking about? Who's Forbes? I'm telling you. Forbes was the insurance man. He's a nice-looking guy. I guess your girl kind of took a fancy to him. What are you trying to tell me? Nothing at all, pal. You better calm down. I just don't like to see anyone get a raw deal. Where did you meet my girl? I told you I was the insurance investigator. How do you know so much? Anyway, so what if it's true? What am I supposed to do, bust out of here? I didn't mean to get you so upset. But didn't you? Then what are you doing here? Who's Forbes and who are you? And how do you know so much? I guess I better go. I guess you better. Leave me alone. I was just trying to give you a break, that's all. Don't do me any favors. I don't even know you. Anyway, how do I know you're not lying? And, uh, but, so, that seed has been planted, and then we also learn that because Mona cooperated with the insurance people, that he's released. He gets to come out the next day. Yep. So she visits him the day before, and he's like, so some dude came in here, and he was talking about Mac and Forbes, and what, what what's going on here? One of my one of my favorite shots in the movie is that right when that at that moment when it happens when it has the there's that separation between the two sides of the bars. Yeah, the so this is before like the telephone yeah. system and yes. yeah, they're just they're separated. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I I, I really like that. And Mona Stevens at this point, she has decided to just commit herself to this guy. It's her best option. She's definitely settling. It's pretty it's, all of this is very sad for her. <laughs> this, yeah. this poor woman. You definitely have to feel bad for her. No, I, I do. And I, I thought about that watching it last night too. Just like I feel really bad for like because like I don't think she did anything wrong. She didn't really do anything she's wrong. She's airtight in this one. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm waiting for it to go off on her on anything. But no, she she was one hundred percent in the right. She handled the situation properly. Yeah. But doesn't matter. She's just these men. Oh, getting in the way. Yep. So while it, while they're talking, Smiley's like, "Hey, what is that engagement ring?" And it's like, "Well, why do you think you're getting out tomorrow, bro?" Yeah. And he's mad about that because he said, "Like, I I took this so I can wait it out for the year or two months even, and you can keep all that stuff." Yeah. Which makes sense, but it sounds like they needed to talk more. Probably. So yeah, Mona, she definitely tries to give a heads up. She tells Forbes that Mac is visiting Smiley and he's coming for you. And and sure enough, he definitely comes and Sue Forbes, played by Jane Wyatt, who was the mom on Father Knows Best, fun mm-hmm. fact, and mm-hmm. also played Spock's mom on Star mm-hmm. Trek. Mm-hmm. She she never really bought the whole <laughs> like getting beat up by Muggers story, rightfully so. I mean, things have been suspicious. He was showing up late. So yeah. he uh, he says, What's up? And this is where the nightmare happens and um, that awful, awful scene of... The awful incident in the movie. The, wor- the worst scene for you in the movie. Reprehensible. I mean, I almost turned it off after this. I'm like, God, oh, Dan, what do you got me watching here? Is this what you were reading before you went to sleep tonight? Yes. When I was a kid, it was too much supper. Now it's comic books. Where does he get this stuff? Grandma sent them to me. And they were for his birthday. I'll burn them tomorrow. No! While you're at it, send her a little, too. I'd love to, darling. It was your mother this time. Oh. Well, at least they don't show. Some kind of snuff film? Yeah, exactly. If they showed it, that would have been true. I like to think the kid rifled through the trash and got him back and hit him in the... Or maybe or maybe she just said that she was going to do it and actually didn't fall through. Maybe she was just trying to put a little scare into it. Yo, maybe she's reading the comics, exactly. Yeah, maybe she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go burn these. And she goes in the other room and starts reading them. That'd be great. I like yeah. this story a lot better. Because say, like, otherwise, I, I like Jane Wyatt. She was yeah. great. It's like an alternate universe thing, you know. Let's 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 keep the universe going. And there see. you go. So the husband went off to become uh, the guy from Pitfall, and the wife stayed behind and uh, read comics. comics. Yeah, and read. Yeah. Cool. I like it. What's gonna happen to the kid? Who does he become? I think he becomes like a like a TV or movie star, probably. Yeah, he I goes straight to the top. Yep, that's what I think. All right, I'm into that. Little Jimmy Hunt as Tommy Forbes. 
I should have looked into him. I'm sorry. I just got him on the cast list. Dan's got it. It's all good. So Smiley is freed, and he has a gun that was given to him by Mac. Mac picked him up, didn't he? He did. So he he picked him up and and gave him a gun and a bunch of liquor. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, oh, and this dude's been fucking your. your yeah, he basically life. just like put all the ingredients together for him to go seek some type of revenge or something like that. Yup. So she owns up to it and he says, I can forgive you, but not Forbes. And he heads off to do some damage and Mona tries to give a heads up. Then Forbes is like, Hey, Tommy, wake up. Let's go to a movie. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so sad because the kid's like, Oh yeah. Right. This sounds great. And even later too, he's like, Hey dad, I want you to know I'll go to a movie with you anytime. Oh, I broke my little heart, Dan. It did, that, that whole sequence. And, and because at that point when he says And that, I was already vulnerable after the comics burning, too. Right. I had and to get that in there. They were, they were deliberately trying to pull at your heartstrings in particular. It worked. They're like, but, we got Elizabeth Scott in here. We're going to have to work extra hard. Yeah. But I, that scene in particular where he comes down and, like, to be in his mindset where, like, everything else that's going on. So he's, like, this... He starts the movie with this, like, really milk toast, Like, he's just so mundane. And now he's in this, like, basically, like... He has to fend off people with a gun from his house and in this yep. whole plot. But like through all this stuff that's probably going through his mind, then his little kid comes down, he's trying to fend him. And he's just like trying to, it's like this so innocent. And I'm sure in his brain, he's probably just like, I have to still figure out like how I'm going to stop this dude from coming in and, and killing me and my family. My family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's just, it's just amazing how like the arc that this movie takes, like from like, oh, yeah. you know, you be zero to, you know, zero to 60 in, in no time. You know? And like I'm saying, it's all in his face too. You know, he, his whole, when he gets happier, when he's hanging out with Mona Stevens and then yeah. the fear throughout afterwards, he does a great job. Yep. So yeah, Sue at this point, she's like, all right, come on, dude you're not going to get away from it this time what's up and so he owns up to it and he waits in the dark for smiley and he has his gun ready and he comes through the window and he gets shot and murdered smiley does to be clear (laughs) i wanted to leave it up to mystery for a moment but yes it was smiley is dead because we don't know when we're listening on the radio afterwards someone died but you're listening on this radio and guess what it was smiley Poor guy, but you know what? Maybe he shouldn't have got out of prison, had a gun, which, you know, they were already saying, hey, you're going to get busted if they catch you with that. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, don't go murdering people with yeah, motive. Probably not. And <laughs> probably not a good idea. Not at all. But this guy, he's clearly made some bad decisions already. What are you going to do? So he's dead, and Mac gets Mona, and he's at her place because, you know, he's a stalker. <laughs> he's going to mm-hmm. make his way in, and there's some trouble, and, and Mona shoots him. Yep. Well, he basically says like, "Oh, just come away with me. We'll we'll go to we'll go to San Francisco. Then we'll go to Reno and gamble, and yeah. we'll have a new life together." And she's like still repulsed by this. I mean, guy it sounded like a like, good time. It's just anybody else but him. I think she was still. You, I, I like how like when the camera is and, and and you know her back is to him and his back is to her, and he's kind of like packing up a suitcase for her, and you see like her kind of like cogs are kind of going like like the wheels yeah. are kind of turning, like trying to process everything. And then finally, she just like opens this drawer right there, and there's, there just happens to be a gun. Turns around and, and shoots him. Oh yeah. And so Forbes just makes it look like you know he killed a guy who was breaking into his house, and that at that point is when he lets Sue know everything because yeah, a man is dead. Yeah. Clearly something was up, and he uh, confesses to the district attorney, who definitely he helps out his buddy, and he's like, oh yeah. It's okay because it's a justifiable homicide. He's like, I'd like to get you, but I can't because it's justifiable. So you're okay. Basically. Yeah. And you and Mona told the same story and she's yeah. in custody as well. And the charge against her depends on whether Mac lives or dies. Yeah, but I'm not saying it, it, everything's justifiable, but like that dude was like basically ter- after ter- terrorizing her and she was trying to get away from him. You know, I'm not, I, I'm not one that's advocating murder in any sense, but I'm just saying that like- No, they, both they, those they people- there's, right. It was justifiable. They needed to be murdered. I, I am saying. justifying murder in this instance. Yeah, totally. Um, so she, she takes the rap for that, but he doesn't? Like, I don't know. It just seems... not. I mean, is it ever a good time to be a woman? But especially then. Yeah. They're, they're just out to get you, and it sucks. Well, there's that little nugget that's on that's on that's in the notes about how they were trying to get through the Hayes Code because they said that they felt that Dick Powell's character didn't get the a real... You no had consequences. To have that, the consequences... And, and he then, was an adulterer, yeah. Right. Well, well, no, actually, yeah. So, yeah. So well, yeah, that. Was, yeah. And so, yeah. So the director, he went to the uh, two people from the Hayes Code, two prominent officials who were married, and he said, "Hey, 
you guys got mistresses as well, don't you? Yeah. And uh, then all of a sudden, production didn't have any problems and everything slipped through because, yeah, it was shocking how everything gets away. Uh, Mona is okay, right, too? Like, did it turn out, I guess, Mac didn't die because it shows her at the end, right? So they don't mention it. So, so they, they, you, you see her getting taken away to the, at the Hall of Justice, but you don't know the results of anything. So it's very kind of ambiguous. Yeah, I'm going to give her a happy ending in my mind. I like to think that it all worked out. And yeah, so outside Sue is waiting for Forbes, and it seems like everything's going to be okay, but yeah, nothing's... She's still pissed, but she's, she's willing to give, give him another chance. Their beds are going to be even further apart. Yeah, you're going to sure. see some more separation. Yeah, it's sad for that poor kid, you know? A lot more yeah. comics are going to get burned because of what happened. Yeah, he's got to try to get some more. I guess when if they if they end up relocating somewhere, maybe they'll have to use that as leverage, saying, "Okay, fine, we can move somewhere else." I'm not happy about, it, but maybe buy me some more comics, and everything will be okay. Yeah. So, uh, director Andre de Toth, he directed a lot of westerns, actually. He and, did. Um, yes. His they say his film noir sensibilities made their way into those, so that might be some. We were talking about some uh, more Western noirs. We might be dipping into his, um, but he made some, some also official film noirs, including 1947's The Other Love with Barbara Stanwyck, mm-hmm. 1954's Crime Wave, and 1960's Man on a String with Ernest Borgnine, mm-hmm. which looked uh, interesting. Yes. But it is a fun fact. He also directed 1953's House of Wax, which was a 3D movie starring Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. He couldn't even see 3D because he only had one eye. Yes. He wore an eye patch, dark eye patch, for so long he lost while scout he lost it while scouting film locations in egypt and he was mistaken for an israeli military leader and politician was kidnapped pistol whipped and interrogated and he only made it out alive when they checked his dick and saw that he wasn't even jewish and so yeah he wore a, a eye patch ever since i, I didn't know married- all i didn't know all of that backstory oh yeah um, wow. he was married seven times including to veronica lake that i didn't know yeah so we know this guy's a hunk i mean he's got an eye patch i mean awful yeah. circumstances to get it but you're going to be rewarded good good um, director eye patch you know it's there you go this is some 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 good qualities right there you got the main eye on the camera we're not going to miss a thing here sir yeah so he's uh, married seven times and was father and stepfather to 19 children wow Elizabeth Scott, here's some more fun facts with her. Um, she was falsely accused of being gay from the gossip rag, The Confidential, and she mm-hmm. took them to court. And that was a whole thing. It was speculated that the article was damaging to her career. But truthfully, it looks like her peak was over by that time. The war had ended and the bigger stars were back in Hollywood. Their absence had left a gap for unknowns like her to succeed. And television was on the rise as well as the studio system had been broken up. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of circumstances. Yeah. And after that, she decided to focus on music. And she released an album titled Only Elizabeth. Have you heard this music? I haven't. I'd like to. I, I mean, actually I... listened to it before. This was, I finished Rockford Files, and then I was like, all right, I got to listen to this album. I, I, I did my toes. She has a very beautiful voice. The great good. songs. No, I, I, I love her. I, I think she's, she's awesome. So I, I, it's something I just haven't checked out yet, but I'd like to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to checking in with her again. Um, yeah, but as a result of everything that happened to her, she, she was very private. She lived a very private life, mm-hmm. and uh, she earned it. She also was in a movie with Elvis and became pretty infatuated with him during it. As many <laughs> and, people uh, did. And they dubbed over her voice after she just took these singing lessons and everything. That's so tragic. Oh, that's such a I bummer. I don't even know if she ever got to sing in a movie. Dick Powell, we already said most of his fun facts, but he died of cancer. He directed that John Wayne movie that killed everyone that was in it, The Conqueror. Mm. Do you know about that? I don't. Yeah, there's this movie. There's a lot of people we've encountered. Everyone that was in it died of cancer because they filmed it in Utah, like on a a nuclear missile testing site. Oh, wow. Or something like that. Yeah, everyone died of awful cancer that was in that movie. Jeez. Yeah. And he directed it, Dick Powell, that he directed that. (laughs) (laughs) So he he got it pretty bad, unfortunately. Oof. Wow, yeah, there's a lot of big people. John Wayne, Susan Hayward, Agnes Moorhead. Yep. William Conrad, Lee Van Cleef. Wow. All those people died of cancer, Dan. Wow. Yeah. Raymond Burr, uh, he was TV's Perry Mason, mm-hmm. which is uh, real topical these days. Did you watch that Perry Mason remake? I did not. I heard it was very good. I liked it. And they, for this next season, they're doing, um, they have the showrunners of the show, The Nick. Did you ever watch The Nick with Clive Owen? No. That was really, really good. I, I highly recommend that. But they're going to be doing this next season. So I'm pretty excited for that. He also was in Rear Window as, as uh, uh, the bad guy, famous role of his, and also in Godzilla, King of Monsters. 
and reprised his role in Godzilla 1985. Mm-hmm. I have Godzilla 1985 on Blu-ray. I'm looking to sell it. So email me if you want it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I just don't need it anymore. Yeah. And that's all I got, Dan. I like this movie. So thank you so cool. much for recommending it. Um, I wasn't angry at it. I was, you know, I had to buy it. And I, but it didn't feel like I had to. I was happy to buy it. I was mostly mad just because I missed the Kino sale and I didn't realize it was a Kino movie. Yes. But I did get to enjoy the Kino sale for our next film, my friend Daniel. I'm excited for this one. It's been sitting on my shelf for a little bit. And, Me um, too. I, we did Roadhouse, and I'm so excited to get back to Ida Lupino, who's behind the director's seat on this one. Mm-hmm. So the first movie directed by a woman film noir, um, The Hitchhiker from 1953. On the crime front... The police of nine western states from Washington in the north to Colorado and Utah in the east have been alerted to keep a continuous search for the Kansas desperado Emmett Myers. Reports have placed the killer in Florida, Detroit, and Seattle within the last 24 hours, although most of these tips have been discounted by police authorities. His latest victim, William Johnson, a salesman from Portland, Oregon, was found late yesterday in Imperial County, California. The victim's car, possibly with Myers in it, has not yet been found. Yes, I'm. I've been. This is probably the, my most anticipated one since even before we started this podcast. Yeah, like, I've always I, heard about this one. Yes, same. I just never got around to seeing it, but I'd always heard about it. Like, like you said, being the first one directed by a woman and just everything about it. I like Ida Lupino. And it's I good. It's not even like, in. oh, it's the first one. It's like, it was the first one and it rules. So I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm trying to have low expectations because I find that's the best way to enjoy these movies. But Right. But I am looking forward to it. But I'm anticipating it. I can't lie. I'm psyched. Yeah, because Ida, Ida Lupino rules. She's great. Yeah. Anything else, Dan, or shall we close this discussion? I think that's about it. I mean, I, I will say that. I mean, yes, I'm, I'm definitely glad that you like this film because uh, I love this film. I, I've seen it a lot now. It's it's probably one of, probably the, one of the more often film noirs I've seen in my life, like as far as just like repeat watches. Like for me, yeah, like I've always liked this one for whatever reason probably just my affinity for elizabeth scott but ultimately i just like the movie like i just i i i find it's a fun movie to watch like i'll i've just thrown it on randomly at times you know. is this your favorite elizabeth scott probably yeah i i would say it's probably of the ones that i've seen i i'd say that my top three would be this one then too late for tears and then desert fury which is in technicolor which i would like that's a film noir that it's in color that i hope we get to because i think that one would be yeah, uh, I mean, although you, you say it's worse than Too Late for Tears, so. It's it's weird. I mean, I, I, well, you're all, you also got to remember, I love Too Late for Tears. I know you don't like it, but I, I like it. So as far as my order, my, it might feel a little I'm bit saying. different to you. you. Yeah. We'll see. But, I'm glad Pitfall is number one. Well, Desert Fury is also on Kino. I will say that. Is it it seems like they, they're mostly on Kino, right? Yeah. Other than, well, Too Late for Tears wasn't, but. Hmm. But that was still a UCLA restoration. Yeah, but it's weird that they UCLA was like, we got this one, but we'll give Kino this other one. I don't, I wonder if maybe they put it out before they made the deal. It's a good question. I wonder. I wonder how that licensing works, and like, you know, whether you know who's willing to put it out and who's not, and how all that that works. I don't that I don't know, but I guess as long as it gets out there, I think that's the most important part. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> this was one of my favorite lines from the movie because it reminded me of Too Late for Tears, and it's how I'm going to close today's episode. Dan, here's the dinner. Here's, here's the dinner. <laughs> yum, yum. <laughs>